What does it take for your brand to stand out from the competition? Better yet, what does it take for your brand to really mean something to your customers? On today's show, we talk to a manufacturer who has built their brand in a way that's not only helping their customers sell more, but it's also helping them think about the legacy of their brand, not just today, but years down the road. It's an awesome episode with incredible insights about what you should be doing and thinking about in regards to your brand to position it the right way to achieve long-term growth. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we've got an awesome guest lining for you today. We're going to be talking about how to build a legacy brand, how you as a manufacturer can be more effective in your marketing and building your brand. And we have Heather Bowman, who is the director of marketing at Keylink Fencing and Railing, as well as Superior Plastic Products, on the show with us today. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hi, thanks for having me. Heather, so for our listeners, give us a little bit about your background, what you do. You're the director of marketing for, sounds like two companies. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I love to talk about marketing, mm-hmm. so I think this is going to be a fun conversation. I started the first half of my career working in Virginia and in Boston at national marketing agencies. And for me, that was really super foundational in both my professional and personal careers because I got a chance to work with a lot of smart people. So that first half of my career, I think, helped me begin to understand what it means to build a brand and the process that you take to develop it. The second half of my career, I spent as a consultant. So After my daughter was born, we moved back to Pennsylvania and I was able to use my experience in marketing and work with small and medium-sized businesses and really just walk alongside of them as they began to build their brand and began to um, also grow their business. So that was such a pleasure to be able to work with privately owned or family businesses. And I really have a heart for those type of businesses. That's great. And so how did you get, no pun intended, linked up? with Keylink Fencing and Railing. Were they, were they a client of yours and then you transitioned to the no, role? No, I mean, I was looking to move more into a leadership position and I was looking to be a part of a team again. And so I started looking on Indeed and other sites and I found Superior was hiring and I applied and I got the job. So that was about two years ago and I had never worked in manufacturing before. I'd never worked in the LBM industry and I have just really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a business and an industry that more people should pursue because there's so much growth in in our industry. Mm -hmm. There's so many challenges. And I think it gets overlooked sometimes for maybe some more glamorous industries. And I'm absolutely now an advocate for joining the LVM industry. I know I'm, I'm biased too. I'm biased because I love it. Like I was talking to somebody recently about how I feel very fortunate I get to work in this industry just because of frankly, how nice people are in mm-hmm. general, you know, which when you're in it, you like, you totally understand it when you're like, you're not in it, you go, okay, people are nice. Like, what does that really mean? Yes. But it is a great industry to be in. And you're right. There's a lot of growth happening here, but for our listeners, tell us a little about what you guys sell. So who do you sell and who do you market to? Yes. So we sell to distributors and then we also work very strategically down channel. So at the end of the day, the person that's purchasing our product is the homeowner, but we sell through uh, distributors, we sell to dealers, we sell to contractors. But our goal in sales and marketing is to have relationships with everybody in the channel. And we are really working to strengthen those 
partnerships. This year, we've done a lot of work in that space, but we're really focused on doing that as we continue to grow in 2022. What do we sell, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> so we sell um, fencing and railing, which is something that I never even thought of before starting working here, right? I mean, you you understand that decks are important and you understand that they are fun to hang out on. But when you understand how important it is to have really well-made decking materials and railing materials and make sure that your railing is code compliant and is made with quality products and is long lasting. Like you don't think about those things necessarily until you're either in the industry or you're looking to remodel or build a deck. And we joke in marketing, like now, whenever we see railing, we just examine it in a way that's kind of weird. And you know, sort of like, once you see it, you can't unsee it and you know. Oh yeah, it'll, yeah. yeah. it'll ruin, this industry will ruin you. You never look at things <laughs> the same way. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what we sell. The majority of what we do in marketing is focused on railing, but fencing is a significant part of our sales as well. Is the end homeowner purchasing your product through a dealer distributor or is it, let's say, a contractor, remodeler, or builder, someone like that? That's correct. So the contractor okay. remodeler would be almost a consultant to the homeowner and kind of shifting their decision making based on what the contractor in many cases prefers. So to us, the contractor is really key in that buying funnel because he or she is the one who's really consulting with the homeowner, particularly in the space that we play in, which is more higher end premium um, outdoor living areas. So there is such a partnership between the homeowner and the contractor as they go to just create this living space of the homeowner's dreams. That's great. One thing I want to talk and, and kind of lead our conversation to is talking about branding. You know, branding feels like this or brand feels like this very like squishy idea. Like it's not, I can't fully get my arms around it. A brand is like not very definable. Yeah. And I want to understand from you is a little about, you've built this brand in the last 40 years and it's become something that you can stand on that you can leverage to grow sales. But I want to, I want to hear from you a little about like, what does your brand mean? And like, how are you trying to build that in the space? Like you talked about, you've done a lot over the last year or two and trying to strengthen relationships. But can we look at that through the context of brand and how you define that and what that means to your, to your audience and to your business? Yes. So about three years ago, our leadership team was at a crossroads, right? They were trying to decide what is next for both of these brands. We've taken them to a certain level, but if we want to make this a legacy company, it is a family... But, both of the brands are family-owned companies that can be around for generations. What are we going to need to do in order to continue to grow in a healthy way and retain employees, attract and recruit people who will be able to get us to the next level? So as a leadership team, they started to define why we do what we do you know, our values and our culture. We knew we made a quality product. We knew we had a product that contractors liked because it was easy to install. We knew homeowners liked it because of the design aesthetic. So it was really just beginning to craft the communication and the messaging and define the space that we wanted to grow and lead the company in the next phase of its life. And so that's what the leadership spent time defining that. And then as a marketing team, we were able to take those elements and infuse them into the brand. 
And I think that for us, that was so important. And for anybody who's beginning their brand journey, I would really encourage you to either circle back with your leadership team and, and push them to define those elements or just be in partnership. If those are defined, then be in partnership with them because that's, I think, the, the real key to creating a brand that will last is one that is linked to core values linked to strategic initiatives versus just, oh, this looks pretty, or I like this today. This is on trend. So let's move the brand in that direction. It really has to be linked to something that is real and authentic. Yeah. I can't remember who said it, but brand I've heard is, uh, I thought this was a great definition, but your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. And so I, I love that you're talking about how do you inject culture into your brand because yeah. the culture is the thing that people feel when they talk to your team or right. talk to a salesperson or they engage with your marketing in any capacity is what is what is your culture and how is that emanated through marketing, sales, communication, customer service, all of that. Yep. How did you all define that? Was there a pivot or was like a hey, we need to double down into what our our brand is and then make that an extension into marketing and everything else? Or did you need to clarify who you were at all before you started to do those other things? Yeah, I, I think that the first step was that leadership clarified who we were. So they defined our why. Like, why do we get up every morning? Well, for our brand, mm. it's to improve people's lives. And that's pretty broad, right? How do you improve somebody's life if you're a railing brand? <laughs> but we can do that in a lot of ways. We can create a product that makes a beautiful space for people to live in. And we know that that brings health and happiness if you can be outside and be with your friends. You know, we know that by paying fair wages improves people's lives, it improves the community because we believe a thousand percent that small businesses, medium-sized businesses, truly any business can influence a community for good. And we want to be a part of that. So we were able then to take the why and take our values and culture and infuse them into both of the brands. And from there, we created a brand story. Um, we knew who we sought to serve. And this is for both Keylink and Superior. We took a similar process, but for each brand, it had a little bit of a different position in the marketplace. So who we sought to serve was a little bit different for each of them. Obviously, the color and the, the messaging is a little different too, but they both were foundationally built on the why we do what we do as a company and the value and the culture. So that was a really fun exercise for the marketing team. Um, we all had agency background. So all of those pieces really clicked for us. And as a company, the leadership team and the, the key decision makers were primed to move in this direction. So it wasn't necessarily a hard sell because some of that strategic work had been done. We just had to bring it to life through the brands. And we did that by creating a color palette, updating the logos. The logos aren't just made up in marketing. They all are tied back to core pieces of the brand, whether that be like the thickness of the font or some of the design pieces of the icons are all done with intention. And I think that's what makes a strong brand when you have a consistent message and it is consistent across all of your channels. You know, So your website should feel consistent with your Instagram page. I think you said this earlier, Zach, You know, your sales team should have a similar messaging and look even or experience um, when you meet with them as when you call into customer service and ask about an, where your order is. So in order for a brand to be a legacy brand, we have to be working at that consistent messaging, that consistent 
experience every day. And that's, that's not easy. <laughs> and it never ends, Zach. <laughs> Well, that's, I'm glad you, you say it's not easy because my next question was going to be, well, what was the most challenging part of this process? Like, it's fun to talk about culture and core values and things like that. And then you, it sounds like you moved into execution of, as you said, like in the rejuvenating the brand, like brand re- rejuvenations. Yes. What was the most difficult part of this process that you, that you undertook? Part of it was just getting different departments to buy into that this matters right? But our COO has done an awesome job of walking alongside of marketing and just kind of explaining that to the rest of the team and just repetition, repetition until people start to see real change happening and real visual differences. You know, we, we updated our photography. And I think once, particularly people on the, on the plant and manufacturing floors, when they can see what their product looks like in its end state, and how beautiful it is, that makes a big impact. And for example, one of our products is a cable railing product, which has an unobstructed view. So it shows beautifully on lakefront properties, mountainscapes. And we have this incredible sunset picture on Lake Ontario with the cable railing on this deck with this few chairs in it. Some of the pictures have people on them. Some of them are just like the sunset. You don't even look at the product because you can see the sunset, but it, the team really responded to that picture because they didn't realize in some ways that that's what they made every day and how it looks when it's assembled. So just things like that were challenging and taking time. I think the other thing is what we're working on right now, which is just going to all of our dealers and auditing websites and that tedious work to make sure that anybody that we sell to has their website with our new logos, has new photography. So to me, that's challenging because it, it's important work, but it, it's a little tedious. It's, it's the nitty gritty, but that's the stuff that accounts because right. especially as you're rolling out a new brand, making sure that wherever it gets used, people see it. Talk to me about outcomes of what you've encountered since you've rolled this out, you know, cause brand is typically like, Oh, it's fun. I mean, we've been a part of a lot of brand launches. Like it's fun. It's exciting, but the measurables around launching a new brand, have you seen any type of tangible ROI or success that you can point to and say, yes, this was really great. Or is it more anecdotal? Oh yes. I mean, I think the biggest shift for us has been working with our top, I would say probably 25 customers. We went and did a roadshow where we introduced the new brand. Part of what we've also been doing over the past year is inviting them on plant tours because not only did we update the marketing of our brand, but we implemented some operational improvements. And so we want to show back to what I mentioned originally that we have a whole story of how we're moving our company forward, not just new colors and a new logo. So part of the roadshow, I think for me, the best part was hearing our customers say, this this is incredible. Like we're excited about this. We can sell this better now that we have updated photography. This is what the contractors are looking for. We created a collection and we're creating more actually, as I'm talking to you, (laughs) Um, video libraries for the contractors so that they, if they get stuck on a job, they can go to YouTube and they can find out a tip about how to install it better. So those things I think are tangible ROIs where we're hearing back from our customers saying, this is exactly what you guys need to be doing in order to sell more with us, to improve our partnership and for Mm -hmm. us all to grow in the future. Mm -hmm. But I mean, for us, 
this brand rollout was, we were really fortunate, I guess, to be able to come alongside such demand in our marketplace. So we rolled out Keylink in November 2020, and we rolled out Superior in March 2021. So at the height of people wanting outdoor improvements. So that was really fortunate on our end, but you know, we, we have years and years and years and we know the market isn't always gonna be as hot as it is right now. So we're just continuing to put ourselves in a place for continued growth. I love that. So it sounds like this was a big project and sounds like you're still going and you're <laughs> in the thick of it a bit. Yeah. What haven't you done that you're, that you're looking to do? You mentioned videos, but is there anything else that you're, that's on the horizon? You go, we really need to focus on these areas now that we have this foundation built. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think technology is, is something that we're continuously looking at, whether that's, you know, how do we communicate better with our customers, not the homeowner necessarily, but our distributors, dealers, is there new technology that we can get them so we can, if we have a product update, we can get it to them through a digital exchange. Video is a huge thing for us. Also, we are looking at what we need to just continue to grow in that area because people respond to visual media. We see tremendous spikes in our videos when we post them and we know from our social media results also that that makes a big impact. In fact, we hired a videographer in June. His role is hybrid. So he includes some graphic design work, but also videography because there's such a gap in the market and we absolutely need somebody on site to to help us do that as a manufacturer. Nobody reads the install guides. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, they don't. No, they go to Google. <laughs> like they go to Google and they're like, Let, show me a quick video, right? <laughs> I do this. So, mm. you know, install guides take a long time to write. And we we have to be responsible for doing video versions of the install guides. And, and so that's something that we're working on too. QR codes, like how do we embed that again? You know, they were really in vogue and then they weren't. And now they are again. So we're kind of looking at those things. Those are little tactical projects that we're going to be working on. That's great. So for our listeners, what advice would you give them if they're saying, hey, I'm looking to build our brand in a way we have before, or at least extend it and take it to a level that it, that currently isn't? What advice would you give any of our listeners? Yes, I've been giving that some thought because when I listen to podcasts, I always like some practical advice to take along with mm-hmm. me. So I would say, I mean, for us, having the leadership team really set the strategic vision was so important because I think marketing can come up with so many great ideas, so many beautiful designs, but if it's not rooted in something that's true and authentic to the company and the people that work there or the the DNA of the company, then it's not going to be long lasting and it's, and it's not going to feel true. And with, Mm. with all of the choices that we have right now in the world we live in, People gravitate towards things that they can trust. So I would say if you're if you're at a point with your business where you do need to rejuvenate your brand, start with the leadership, start with the strategic direction, have those foundational elements defined, and then it will feel like a true brand story. That's great. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Sure. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed this content, make sure you go to venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I am Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody.